European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance. Volume 44, Issue 21. Focus Issue, Valvular Heart Disease. By Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea. Read to you by Morgan Bryan. Understanding Aortic Stenosis. Advances in the Identification of Actionable Pharmacological Targets. This focus issue on valvular heart disease, or VHD, contains the state-of-the-art review article Unmet Needs in Valvular Heart Disease by David Masika Zaitun and colleagues from the University of Ottawa Heart Institute in Canada. The authors point out that VHD is the next epidemic in the cardiovascular field, affecting millions of people worldwide and having a major impact on healthcare systems. With ageing of the population, the incidence and prevalence of VHD will continue to increase. However, VHD has not received the attention it deserves from both the public and policymakers. Despite important advances in the pathophysiology, natural history, management and treatment of VHD, including the development of transcatheter therapies, the condition remains underdiagnosed, identified late and often undertreated with inequality in access to care and treatment options, and there is no medication that can prevent disease progression. The present review article discusses these gaps in the management of VHD and potential actions to undertake to improve the outcome of patients with VHD. There is a pandemic of physical inactivity that appears to parallel the widespread prevalence of cardiovascular disease, or CVD. More than one in four adults fail to meet World Health Organization recommendations regarding aerobic physical activity, or PA, i.e. 150 to 300 or 75 to 150 minutes per week of moderate or vigorous PA, respectively, or a combination thereof. Yet regular PA and exercise can play an important role, not only in primary cardiovascular prevention, but also in secondary prevention. In a state-of-the-art review article entitled Exercise Benefits in Cardiovascular Diseases From Mechanisms to Clinical Implementation Pedro Valenzuela and colleagues from the University of Alcala in Madrid, Spain discuss some of the main cardiovascular effects of PA stroke exercise and the mechanisms involved. Regular PA and exercise can induce major beneficial effects in the context of both primary and secondary CVD prevention. Furthermore, the benefits of an active lifestyle are fundamentally dose-dependent, with some evidence for PA benefits even above current WHO recommendations. Notably, there are numerous biological mechanisms supporting PA stroke exercise-induced cardiovascular benefits involving not only the heart tissue but also the metabolic and inflammatory milieu. Indeed, the recognition of the multi-system benefits of exercise can help to create a more holistic perspective in cardiovascular research, as well as in patient care. The current evidence for safe implementation of PA and exercise in patients with CVD is also summarised. Conventional randomized control trials, or RCTs, can be expensive, time-intensive, and complex to conduct. In a state-of-the-art review article entitled 
leveraging electronic health records to streamline the conduct of cardiovascular clinical trials. Mohammed Shahazeb Khan and colleagues from Duke University School of Medicine in Durham, North Carolina, USA, indicate that trial recruitment, participation, and data collection can burden participants and research personnel. In the past two decades, there have been rapid technological advances and an exponential growth in digitized healthcare data. Embedding RCTs, including cardiovascular outcome trials, into electronic health record systems or registries may streamline screening, consent, randomization, follow-up visits, and outcome adjudication. Moreover, wearable sensors, i.e. health and fitness trackers, provide an opportunity to collect data on cardiovascular health and risk factors in unprecedented detail and scale, while growing internet connectivity supports the collection of patient-reported outcomes. There is a pressing need to develop robust mechanisms that facilitate data capture from diverse databases and guidance to standardize data definitions. This review highlights recent progress towards the use of routinely generated data to conduct RCTs and discusses potential solutions for ongoing barriers. Severe tricuspid regurgitation, or TR, exhibits high one-year morbidity and mortality, yet long-term cardiovascular risk overall and by subgroups remains unknown. In a clinical research article entitled Long-Term Outcomes of Phenoclusters in Severe Tricuspid Regurgitation, Vishal Rao and colleagues from the Duke University Medical Center in Durham, North Carolina, USA, characterized five-year outcomes and identified distinct clinical risk profiles of severe TR. Patients were included from a large U.S. tertiary referral center with new severe TR by echocardiography based on the four-category American Society of Echocardiography grading scale between 2007 and 2018. Patients were categorized by TR etiology, with lead present, primary, and secondary and by supervised recursive partitioning, i.e. survival trees, for outcomes of death and the composite of death or heart failure hospitalization. The Kaplan-Meier estimates and Cox regression models were used to evaluate any association by 1. TR etiology and 2. groups identified by survival trees and outcomes over five years. Among 2,379 consecutive patients with new severe TR, median age was 70 years, 61% were female, and 40% were black. Event rates were 30.9 events per 100 patient years for death, and 49.0 events per 100 patient years for the composite endpoint, with no significant difference by TR etiology. After applying supervised survival tree modeling, Two separate groups of four phenoclusters with distinct clinical prognoses were separately identified for death and the composite endpoint. Variables discriminating both outcomes were age, albumin, blood urea nitrogen, right ventricular function, and systolic blood pressure, all p being less than 0.05. The authors conclude that patients with newly identified severe TR have high five-year risk for death and death or heart failure hospitalization. 
partitioning patients using supervised survival tree models but not TR etiology, discriminated clinical risk. These data aid in identifying relevant subgroups in clinical trials of TR and clinical risk stroke benefit analysis for TR therapies. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Ehud Chorin and Jan Topilski from the Tel Aviv Medical Center and Sackler School of Medicine in Israel. The authors highlight that etiology-based classification of TR provides limited clinical information regarding risk for clinical deterioration. Application of supervised recursive partitioning algorithms can successfully separate clinical risk profiles, i.e. clusters, in patients with severe TR. This machine learning-based clustering of patients may be used in future TR trials, both for event enrichment and to assess the clean treatment effect. Survival tree analysis may be used at the individual patient level to determine patient risk under conservative therapy. A future trial will be needed to determine their role in optimizing individual decisions about the timing of interventions in TR. Nevertheless, the results of this study should be interpreted in the context of several limitations. Because patients underwent limited echocardiographic exams, the role of etiology-based classification of TR in predicting outcome will need to await future prospective studies. In addition, the single-center retrospective design limits broader generalizability and future work will be needed to validate the supervised recursive partitioning algorithm risk model and decision trees in a diverse and heterogeneous cohort of patients with severe TR. Although highly heritable, the genetic etiology of calcific aortic stenosis, or AS, remains incompletely understood. In a translational research article entitled Dyslipidemia, Inflammation, Calcification and Adiposity in Aortic Stenosis, a Genome-Wide Study, Aoyul Chen and colleagues from McGill University in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, sought to discover novel genetic contributors to AS and to integrate functional expression and cross-phenotype data to identify mechanisms of AS. A genome-wide meta-analysis of 11.6 million variants in 10 cohorts involving 653,867 European ancestry participants, 13,765 cases, was performed. 17 loci were associated with AS at p being less than or equal to 5 times 10 to the power of minus 8, of which 15 replicated in an independent cohort of 90,828 participants, 7,111 cases, including CELSR2 SORT1, NLRP6 and SMC2. A genetic risk score comprised of the index variants was associated with AS, odds ratio or OR per standard deviation 1.31, and aortic valve calcium, OR per standard deviation 1.223, after adjustment for known risk factors. A phenome-wide association study indicated multiple associations with coronary artery disease, apolipoprotein B and triglycerides. Mendelian randomization supported a causal role for apolipoprotein B-containing lipoprotein particles in AS 
OR per grams per litre of apolipoprotein B, 3.85, and replicated previous findings of causality for lipoprotein A, OR per natural logarithm, 1.20, and body mass index, OR per kilogram per meter squared, 1.07. Co-localization analyses using the GTEx database identified a role for differential expression of the genes LPA, SORT1, ACTR2, NOTCH4, IL6R, and FADS. Chen and colleagues conclude that dyslipidemia, inflammation, calcification, and adiposity play important roles in the etiology of AS, implicating novel treatments and prevention strategies. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Sébastien Terriot, Johan Bosse, and Patrick Milieu from the Université Laval in Quebec City, Canada. The authors conclude by pointing out that this study may have reached the effective sample size in AS where the rate of locus discovery is ramping up. While the results point to potentially actionable pathways such as blood lipids, obesity and inflammation, further molecular and functional studies in relevant cells, tissues and living organisms are needed to fully characterize the molecular mechanisms at play. The development of genetic risk scores in addition to evidence from Mendelian randomization nevertheless provide valuable information to guide the design of future RCTs. This study is an important step in the journey towards the identification of molecular targets for medical management of AS and may represent, with international collaborations, the tipping point of a new era in genetics of AS. Mosaic loss of Y chromosome in blood cells is the most common acquired mutation, increases with age, and is related to CVD. In a translational research article entitled Mosaic loss of Y chromosome in monocytes is associated with lower survival after transcatheter aortic valve replacement. Silvia Maspero and colleagues from the Goethe University Hospital in Frankfurt, Germany, point out that loss of Y induces cardiac fibrosis in muron experiments, mimicking the consequences of AS, the prototypical age-related disease. Cardiac fibrosis is the major determinant of mortality, even after transcatheter aortic valve replacement, or TAVR. It was hypothesized that loss of Y affects long-term outcomes in men undergoing TAVR. Using digital PCR in DNA of peripheral blood cells, loss of Y, Y-X ratio, was assessed by targeting a 6BP sequence difference between AMYLX and AMYLY genes using TACMAN. The genetic signature of monocytes lacking the Y chromosome was deciphered by sCRNA sequencing or single-cell RNA sequencing. In 362 men with advanced AS undergoing successful TAVR, loss of Y ranged from minus 4% to 83.4% and was greater than 10% in 48% of patients. Three-year mortality increased with loss of Y. Receiver operating characteristic, or ROC, curve analysis revealed an optimal cutoff of loss of Y of greater than 17% to predict mortality. In multivariate analysis, loss of Y remained a significant, P being less than 0.001, 
independent predictor of death during follow-up. sCRNA sequencing disclosed a profibrotic gene signature with loss of Y monocytes displaying increased expression of transforming growth factor or TGF-beta-associated signaling, while expression of TGF-beta-inhibiting pathways was down-regulated. Maspero and colleagues conclude that this is the first study to demonstrate that loss of Y in blood cells is associated with profoundly impaired long-term survival, even after successful TAVAR. Mechanistically, the profibrotic gene signature sensitizing the patient-derived circulating loss of Y monocytes for the TGF-beta signaling pathway supports a prominent role for cardiac fibrosis in contributing to the effects of loss of Y observed in men undergoing TAVAR. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Aaron Small and Peter Libby from the Harvard Medical School, Boston, USA. Small and Libby indicate that the puny Y chromosome has engendered considerable concern of late. In men, the partner to the X chromosome measures up poorly. If size matters, the Y chromosome comes up short. Only one-third the expanse of its X counterpart, it encodes a mere 55 genes, while its sister X boasts some 900 genes. The Y chromosome may even be shrinking, raising concerns about its eventual erasure. In another blow to the status of this runty chromosome, much of its length, such as it is, contains repetitive sequences of DNA of dubious genetic utility. To add insult to injury, with age, many men accumulate blood cells which have cast away this challenged chromosome, making mosaic males with the acquired condition of loss of Y. These novel findings of the Frankfurt Group raise several interesting questions ripe for future investigation. Do individuals with AS have higher prevalence of loss of Y than age and risk factor matched men? Could loss of Y lead to more rapid progression of calcific AS than in those without loss of Y? Or even in the presence of AS, could loss of Y lead to more rapid progression of ventricular remodeling before valve intervention than in those without loss of Y? In conclusion, many have questioned the utility of the Y chromosome. Perhaps the recent plethora of findings regarding the heightened cardiovascular risk may cast a new light on this prodigal son of our genetic material. The Y chromosome cannot save us from cardiovascular disease, but its absence may aggravate certain cardiovascular conditions. At long last, we can point to a postnatal use for the shrinking violet of our chromosomal complement. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled Degenerative Mitral Regurgitation Improving Clinical Decision-Making and Risk Stratification Before Valve Surgery or Transcatheter Repair Mikhail Dandel and colleagues from the German Center for Heart and Circulatory Research DZHK in Berlin, Germany comment on the recent publication Factors Influencing Post-Surgical Survival in Degenerative Mitral Regurgitation by Stila Butcher and colleagues from the Leiden University Medical Center in the Netherlands. Butcher et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal 
will be of interest to its listeners.